Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I cannot think of a better description of a Christian and the Christian life than that. Six little words that encapsulate our lives so perfectly. But I'm getting ahead of myself. First, we need to consider the story we heard those words in today that led up to this marvelous confession and see how these words are our words. So first, James, John, Peter, and Jesus had just come down the mountain from Jesus' transfiguration. To rejoin the other nine disciples. Which means that while Jesus was showing his divine nature and glory to Peter, James, and John. By shining like the sun and conversing with Moses and Elijah about the fact that he, God in the flesh, had come down to die for the sin of the world. At the same time, that was happening on the top of the mountain. The story we heard today was happening at the foot of the mountain. Now, picture the scene. It had started off well. A father concerned for his son in his desperate need brings his son to Jesus. Which is actually the first interesting thing to note in this story. The father says to Jesus, I brought him to you. Even though technically and literally speaking, he didn't. Jesus wasn't there. But in asking the disciples to cast out the spirit who was possessing his son. He recognizes the disciples as those authorized and sent by Jesus to do these things. And so really, the same as bringing his son to Jesus. And so he asked the disciples to cast out the spirit, but they are not able. And as a result, an argument breaks out. An argument that apparently is drawing a great crowd. And you know the kind. A voice raises to yelling and accusations start flying back and forth. But here's the next interesting part. The boy and his father are still there. The father still worried and concerned. The son still possessed and in desperate need. While the scribes and the disciples and maybe others are standing around arguing. Did too. Did not. You can't. We can. Frauds. Hypocrites. You can imagine Jesus, when he gets there, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And in the embarrassed silence that settles over the crowd, Jesus puts the focus back on the child and back on his Desperate need. Back to the real problem here. The faith problem. 
which showed itself in the scribes, the disciples, and the Father. The Father, the honest one here, who in confusion and desperation and faith and probably on the verge of tears and at the end of his rope, finally cries out to Jesus, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He really did believe. That's why he came. That's why he brought his son to Jesus in the first place. And what does he believe? That Jesus can help. That Jesus wants to help. That Jesus came to help. And yet at the same time, there's something else in him that he wrestles with. These doubts. That maybe he's not worthy of Jesus' help. That maybe Jesus doesn't want to help him. That maybe he's beyond Jesus' help. He's this mixed up jumble of belief and unbelief. Of saint and sinner. Just like us. For this is really what we're saying. Every time we confess our sins. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I believe that you are the Son of God who came to die for my sins on the cross. I believe that you have given me my faith and new life. I believe in your promise of forgiveness and that I am your child. I believe that you are blessing me and working all things for my good, that you are merciful and gracious. Yes, I believe all this. And yet, and yet I have lived this day, this week, as if I didn't. As if everything were up to me, instead of living as a child of God and trusting my Heavenly Father. As if I were in competition with others, instead of seeing them as ones that you have put here for me to help and care for. When trouble came, I doubted your love. And when it stayed, I doubted your mercy. And when things were going good, I didn't even think of you much of that time as the one who was giving me that good. That's why I complained and failed to thank you. That's why my tongue, which blesses you here on Sunday, spoke harsh and unloving things this week. That's why I've been quick to accuse and slow to forgive. That's why I've rejoiced in the others' failures and jealous at their success and good fortune. I believe. And yet what a jumbled, mixed up sack of belief and unbelief I am. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Forgive me. Restore me. Help me. Strengthen me. Yes, that's what we say every time we come to Jesus in the Lord's Prayer and pray for forgiveness. And what we say at the beginning of every divine service here when we come to Jesus through the one he authorized and sent here. To speak his word of forgiveness to us. 
And your sins are forgiven. Not because your prayer is so good or your pastor can do so. But because of the promise of your Savior. When after his resurrection from the dead, he said to his disciples, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. So don't overlook this fact in this story, first of all. The first person Jesus helped here was the Father, who had been bruised and battered over the difficulties with his son, with the arguing of those who should have been helping him, and with his own struggles of faith. Jesus addresses him first, exposing his unbelief in order to help him too as he does now for you and me. And then Jesus turns to the boy. This boy whom an unclean spirit has been trying to destroy since his childhood, the father says, or that is to say, ever since he was my son. You can almost hear the weariness in the father's voice. And this is a picture of us too, and of our situation too. Before we were that jumbled, mixed up bag of unbelief and belief. For just as Jesus spoke to that boy and gave him life, so Jesus has done for us. For in baptism, through water and the word, Jesus rebukes the unclean spirit in each of us. And raises us from being dead in sin. To a new life in him. So both father and son. Were cleansed. Released. Renewed. And restored. As usual. Jesus gives even more. Than is asked or expected. And not by two miracles. But really by one and the same miracle. Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness is the key to everything. Forgiveness is the key to our uncleanness. Forgiveness is the key to our doubts. Forgiveness is the key to the mixed up, jumbled, bag mess that we are. For that is the help that we need at all times and in all places. The cleanness and new life of baptism. The release from our bondage to sin. And the return to that cleanness and new life in forgiveness. And like the Father, because our sinful nature often gets the best of us, this washing and cleansing and raising of forgiveness is not just a one-time or weekly or even daily, but a continual promise. That whoever we are, wherever we are, and whatever situation we find ourselves in, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, is exactly what Jesus has come to do. To forgive our sin, to strengthen our faith, to give us new life. Which is why Jesus came down from his transfiguration and did not stay there. The transfiguration shows us that the one who hung on the cross for us was no mere man. But God himself, the divine and glorious son of God in human flesh. 
And that Son of God in human flesh would be the Son destroyed by our uncleanness. Not because it was more powerful than He, but because He put Himself there in our place to bear our uncleanness and so be the unclean one forsaken by the Father. And then die our death. And those who were there at the cross that day, similar to the crowd that was arguing that day, the disciples, the soldiers, and onlookers alike, all agreed, all said, like they did in our story today, he's dead. And then this son who raised the dead rose from the dead himself. That joined to him, there may be new life from the dead for us too. Life from the dead now, and life from the dead forever. And that new life has been given to you for baptism and forgiveness, like we saw with the Son and His Father. They're like little resurrections. Both were given new life. And now Jesus comes to us and takes us by the hand and says to us, Arise. Arise from your unbelief. Arise from your uncleanness. Arise and live a new life. And his word does what it says. And rising, he now bids us come to his table to be fed by him. That the resurrection to faith and new life given by him be now strengthened by him with his very own body and blood. That sin and uncleanness not have free reign or dominion in our lives. But that Christ now lives and reigns in us. And he does. So even though, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief is our prayer and will always be our prayer as long as we live on this side of eternity. It is no longer a prayer of despair but a prayer of confidence and hope. For as we live simultaneously as saints declared righteous and sinners who fall, it is always as dear children of God in our Savior Jesus Christ. Our Savior who came down from heaven to be born in our flesh, who came down from his transfiguration to die our death, and now resurrected and ascended, still comes down to you and me to help and to heal, to renew and restore, to favor and forgive. So do not despair, do not doubt, do not fear. Pray. Pray, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And as he did for this father and his son. So Jesus comes to do for you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.